This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. My name is Jamie Devitt, and you're listening to the Blue Army Podcast. My name is Maddie Robson. My name is Chris Miller. My name is Paul Anderson. My name is Mark Boyd. Hello, my name is Derek Combs. My name is Toby Silva. My name is Greg Abbott, and you're listening to the Blue Army Podcast. Enjoy. Hey, hello, sir. Hello, mate. How are you? Oh, very good. Thanks. Very good. Uh, just so you know, I'm recording. Uh, it's what they call a soft open. I learned it from Louis Farouk. Um, <laughs> Sounds I don't know, no. I don't, know if, I don't know if you listen to a lot of podcasts or anything. <laughs> I don't know if you're into podcasts. A starting. Starting. Yeah. What are you listening to? It's an Irish one that I listen to at the minute. It's called um, Talking Bollocks. It's what it's called. <laughs> <laughs> okay, two, yeah. It's it's literally just two Irish lads from literally in the middle of Dublin. And literally what the title says, they get guests on and just have a chat, basically. Yeah. It's quite good, <laughs> well, yeah. Well, I mean, thanks very thanks very much for giving us a go. I really appreciate it, mate. I really do. Um obviously we'll I'll I'll kick things off properly in, in just a few seconds. Um I've got a gimmick. Yeah, sound. Um sound. I'll, I'll edit a few things together in this opening part. So um uh, so pretty much, mate, I'll I'll, uh, I'll kick things off uh, just so like you and people out there um know what's going on. Um we've got like a little bit of uh, an ice breaking question at the start, then we've got something we call the warm-up, which is just like quick fire questions, which is a bit of a yes, game you. And then we'll sort of like plough through um a little bit of your career um up, up, you know so far because obviously you, you've been here you've been there there's a lot to cover um so I do want to sort of like just let the listeners know and let you know I don't think we're going to be able to I mean we're not going to be able to cover it all within an hour um so I'm I don't hoping, think so no I'm, ho- I'm hoping you're gonna you know maybe do us a favor for the Christmas special and come back for a part two and like it might take a part three it might be the first one to break <laughs> <laughs> to break the threshold I don't know mate I don't know um but we'll, we'll see no how problem. we get on this time i think i've got enough to get us through an hour uh i'm pretty sure anyway um obviously yes, me and you've got a little bit of history as well uh so it's, it'll be worth us having a little bit of a catch-up i'd like to know what you've been getting up since wembley but i'll get on with the ceremony mate i'll do my little gimmick and i'll uh, i'll introduce you properly basically no All problem right? paul no problem here we go oh Reeds and Maras, how's it going? And welcome back to the Blue Army Podcast. This is, of course, episode 116. And I am absolutely buzzing to be joined by a very, very special guest. That's right, Curveball. I'm not doing my usual introduction. Here we go. I'm absolutely buzzing to be joined by a man born in Ireland, but studied his football and apprenticeship in Hull. He's enjoying a very, very nice journeyman career that will see him welcome in every single bar within an 80-mile radius. And after two very amazing, legendary cementing status in stays at Carlisle United, he is being embraced by the Cumbrian faithful from now until forever. That's right. I'm talking about Mr. Jamie Devitt. Welcome to the Blue Army podcast, sir. How are you doing? I'm all right, mate. How are you? I'm very good. I'm very good. I was nice introduction that. Thanks, man. Yeah, thanks. I like to throw I like to throw a bit of effort into the intro. I really do. I appreciate that. 
Well, you know, really we, we nice. like to thanks, man. Thanks. We like we like to start on a, on a bit of a high, and obviously, thank you very much for joining us here. Uh, thanks very much for giving us your time. Um, but you know, other than seeing you on the football pitch, a lot of the listeners don't really know that much about you. So, uh, at the start of the podcast, when we've got a guest on, uh, we we do a little bit of a get to know you. So, we've got the same ice breaking question for you that we've had for a couple of ex blues in the past, mate. And I'll dive straight into it. Uh, basically, it goes like this as a professional footballer you are lucky enough to possess some natural key attributes such as athleticism agility strength height pace you know um all those gracious things that mean you uh, a great footballer but mate in a world where football never existed what sport would you imagine yourself getting into i didn't really play any other sport to be honest it was just it was just football, so um oh, I honestly don't know. Nothing because I'm rubbish, rubbish at everything even, else. Well, does nothing even like do you enjoy doing anything else? I know like you have to do different things in training, don't you? Like table tennis is like sometimes a part of like some yeah. clubs football training and stuff. Do you never enjoy that? I don't win a game of pool. Okay. Game of pool really because Probably when I was young, brought up in pubs and that back in Dublin. So you'd play the right. game of pool here and there. So probably just pool, to be honest. But I'm not even, I'm all right at pool. I wouldn't say I'm, I wouldn't class it as very good or anything <laughs> like that. But probably just pool, to be honest. I can't think of anything else. No, Are you a watcher? Do you watch any pool or snooker? Or is it too slow pace for you? Um, I'd watch snooker every now and then. I think little bits of snooker or darts or... It's just football, to be honest. Um, There's not any other sport that I'm properly into, which is probably a bit weird, really, but yeah, (laughs) it's just just football. Just football, it's a keen yeah. obsession, a keen obsession, mate, keen obsession. Now, obviously, I haven't really seen you since, well, like a couple of days after Wembley. I think I might have bumped into you in the car park. And obviously, a lot of the a lot of the listeners don't really know what you've been getting up to over the last four weeks. Now, people are, people want to know how you're recovering, first of all. You know, like, um, how's how's how's, uh, how's the recovery from injury going and how are you getting on with that? Um, oh, good, to be honest. I've been back in Carlo for a couple of days with the physio. Um, I popped up this week for a couple of days. Great to catch up with everybody. Um, just started back jogging now, so literally just building myself up again, and and hopefully it's not too too long till I'm back kicking a ball. No, I mean that was that was one of the questions that I've been getting elbows in the rib about. Is that have, have you, are you coming back to Carlisle to do a little bit of training pre season? It has been sort of like touted about a little bit. I think Simo even said it at some point that you might you might come back and do a bit of fitness stuff. Um, yeah, we had a, a good conversation and the club have been brilliant, really. They've told me I can come back and do all my um all my fitness stuff and until I'm ready to, to go and, and find a new club. So they've been brilliant with me and we've kept in communication all, all summer really and Chris has been brilliant, the physio. So it's um it's all good and it was good to go up this week and, and see some faces and and just have a catch up. Really, it was like I never left. To be honest, walked in and everyone just started battering me again. So it was great. <laughs> I mean, I feel like, like obviously, because a couple of people have left and they've not really had an opportunity to come back. Like, I feel like you know your comeback would have been like a big sort of high for people, kind of thing. Like, you know, one of the big personalities from last season definitely walking back through the door. Even just to people like me and Sam um, and Haggis, like you know, it's it's lovely to see us and get a proper chance to say hello again. You know, yeah. <laughs> sometimes I got to see. Got to see oh. Haggis the other day. I gave him some yeah. shit. <laughs> so I've heard, um, heard rumours that he liked to drive his buggy. Go on. <laughs> yeah, we um a little story I'll give you with me and Denel. We're going out, going back to the houses where we used to stay. I am near the end of the season, really. And Haggis was outside, like, come on, give the two old farts a little lift here. <laughs> so me, me and Denel jumped on, but I put my foot on the accelerator and he couldn't move oh. Haggis. So he was um he was panicking and I won't I won't say the words that he said to me. <laughs> we, I guess it's, it's just people like I guess that make the football club to be honest and we just have a laugh and it, it was funny to be honest but I've seen him the other day and he was giving me some some shit really so it was good he's, he's giving me some shit he's giving me some shit that I didn't mention with me farewell thing really so if he listens to this he's <laughs> 
he can get one in this. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. I mean, he's told me, you know, he gets told about this anyway whenever he gets mentioned. I don't think he listens to it, but I think someone in the beehive does anyway. Uh, so it'll get passed on to him. I'm sure I'll see him in the beehive as well. I'm sure yeah. I'll see him in the beehive as well. Now, you touched on it just a little bit there, um, and I wouldn't be doing my job if I didn't ask you about the the your release, basically. Um, I mean... You've had a bit of time for it to sink in. Um, did you know it was coming anyway, or was it was it a big shock to you? And like, how 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 was it handled? Um, it was handled good. Um, none of to be honest with you, all that stuff is never never a nice thing, really. But it's the last two years is probably, probably I think it's the fourth time in in my career since I was probably fifteen when I moved to me being released and not knowing what was going to happen after, really. So. Um, it was it was tough, but I knew it was coming after the Salford game when when I got injured. Um, up till that, I had I felt good to be honest with you, and and it was just it was just one of them. I knew it was coming, and it was just the timing of it really, where I'm going into no pre season really when I'm still injured. So that that's the tough part. But that's, listen, that's football, and and that's the, the life of it really. But no, um. I think after the Salford game, I sort of—I didn't know whether I was going to con- continue on playing. Really, that was—it um, was tough after the Salford game because I've never felt like the way I felt after that game, and it was tough on my family and stuff like that. So, I'm sure we'll get into that further down. But um, <laughs> it was—it um, was probably the the highs of Wembley, and then we had two days on the drink, and then it was sort of we had the meetings with. With the gaffer and, and listen, I, I, me and the gaffer spoke before the meeting really, so I half knew we had the conversation and stuff what was going to happen anyway after the injury. So it was really just touching base. So like obviously, you know, you mentioned the highs of Wembley as well, and I'd like to leave this little sort of segment of catching up on on the on a high really, and that doesn't you know doesn't seem to be a better high. A lot of people are still buzzing, obviously, and a lot of people are still feeling the hangover uh, from Wembley as well. There's still the Wembley effect happening all over the city. Um, but you know, if you've had that conversation with Simo, does that let you just? really enjoy it you know you're injured it's a different experience surely when you go into Wembley you've been to Wembley in the past with like Grimsby which we'll get on to um but you know how does how is that experience of being injured do you just really get to enjoy the night afters <laughs> that bit more you just soak um, up the day do you, are you allowed to get on it a little bit earlier is it like cheeky professionalism <laughs> um no not really those me and Ben were in the hotel the night before um the gaffer really just wanted me around the lads just to he thinks I'm a good influence around the lads and stuff like that. So it was just one of them, just if anyone was nervous, having a chat, just little things, really. Um, me and Ben, who obviously couldn't play in the final, were, were in the hotel. All the injured lads were in the hotel. And and Finn was there, who came back up as well. So the gaff had us all together. So it was just basically doing what the players were doing, really. We had a game of cards the night before, just sort of taking the mind off it and, and just relaxing, really. It was... Um, it was I think I was more nervous watching now and I couldn't be involved <laughs> than anything so it was probably the best experience I've had in, in my career even though I was unable to play just to be around the lads and and stuff like that it was it was amazing you mentioned that being around the squad as well, and obviously, you know, being around Ben on that day after his contribution in the semi-final to then go on and obviously not be able to play in the final. Did he? Did he say anything to you about it? Did you have to sort of like say anything to him about it? Um, not not really. It was when I got injured after the Salford game. I probably stayed away from the club for about ten days. Probably you'll know yourself because I didn't see it. I was in a mm. bad place really, and. The messages I got off the lads and the phone calls I got off the lads and the staff sort of just picked me back up and I knew I needed to sort my head out really just to go back in and, and try to help them probably in any way I, I possibly could. So they helped me massively by doing what they did with the messages and, and phone calls and stuff like that. And I knew I just needed to sort my head out just to go back and help them in any way I could really. Yeah, so uh, you're on your way back to recovery. Um, you know all these opportunities. I just want to say though, if Saudi Arabia come calling, will you be interested? 
no, all that money is not for me. <laughs> is that not your style? You're going on record then. Um, I'm going to hold you to that one. I can't swim, and I think I'd swim there if I had to. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fair enough, fair enough. Uh, mate, we'll move on. Uh, as a footballer, obviously, you know, before you play the big game, which is obviously the the, the interview segment where we're going to go through your career bit by bit, uh, before you play the big game, you normally have a warm-up, don't you? Uh, so we've got our version of a warm-up here on the Blue Army podcast as well. It's just a couple of quick-fire questions for you. It's the, it's the first time I've done it. To be honest, Jamie, um, I, I hope I haven't written too many. I don't think I have, and I don't think I've written too few either. Uh, but if nah, you get bored, just, just hold your hand up, mate, if you get bored of it. But I think we'll be all right. I think we'll be we'll all be right. Sound. Yeah, we'll be all right. Right, off we go, mate. Uh, FIFA or football manager? FIFA. Ah, FIFA. Cats or dogs? Dogs. I don't like yes. cats. Nah, I don't like man. cats at all. Have you got Have you got a dog? No. 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 No, nah, it wouldn't, wouldn't be fair because me and my missus walk, so the known nah. in the house wouldn't be fair on the dog. Ah, fair. Are you going to Roy Keane it? Are you going to get one in the future? Get loads? I won't. My missus doesn't want one now, so we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, morning <laughs> or evenings? Uh, evenings. Yeah. Uh, living in the past or living in the future? I'd like to change some things from the past, but... I don't know, that's a tough one, that. It is good, isn't it? Living in the past. I don't like all this social media stuff now. Yeah, so how far back would you go? Just to like the 80s or something before the internet? No, I'd still do my 90s. Yeah, just 90s. 90s is too extreme. I'd still do all my childhood again. I loved it. (laughs) Are you a thinker or a doer? A doer. Yeah. Uh, Would you cannonball straight into the pool or do you dip your toe in first? Dip me toe because I can't swim. <laughs> <laughs> you did say that actually, yeah. yeah. Uh, do you squash bugs or do you take them outside? Probably squash them, not yeah, a bug person. Fair, fair enough, fair enough. Um, I, I, this one's golf or table tennis, but you don't like other sports, do you? Not really, no, but I don't mind. In the summer, I've been away a few times with the lads and I'll get in the buggy and have a few beers and just smack a few here and there. Oh, fair, fair. So you say golf over table tennis? I'd probably say golf over table tennis, yeah. Yeah. Uh, would you rather take penalties or free kicks? Free kicks. Aye. <laughs> <laughs> uh, are you an optimist or a realist? Realist. Yeah. Uh, breakfast or dinner? Oh, I do like a cereal, a brekkie. Yeah, a cereal? What's your go-to cereal? Uh, I like a bowl of Rice Krispies at the minute. Yeah, yeah. My go-to yeah. ones, them like crumbly ones with the dried bit of like strawberry in. Do you know what I mean? The crunchy ones. Nah, I'm literally old school. I've had me cornflakes, wheat, a bit, some rice krispies. That's all. I I've got you, one house. of them variety boxes with the twelve, the twelve packs with the mini ones. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I imagine you with one of them. Uh, PlayStation or Xbox? PlayStation. And uh, theme parks or the zoo? Oh, I don't like the zoo. Theme parks. No. Theme no, parks. Yeah. I'm not a big animal person. I've never been a big animal person. Anything that can move quicker than me, which is most things, I'm not a fan of. <laughs> I mean, it does make me. sense. It does make sense. I mean, since you said theme parks, like, what was, what's your favourite roller coaster? What's the best roller coaster you've been on? I've not been on many, like. I've not been on many, but I'll shit myself getting on one, but then once I do it once, I want to go again. <laughs> That's the way I am. It'll take me a while to get onto it, but I'm too lucky for them. I'm too lanky for them. I mean, knees are banging on all the bars and that. Like, I'm way too lanky for them. <laughs> yeah, I'm comfy, like, and then I feel sick yeah. when I get off as well. Yeah, yeah, they're a nightmare, man. They're a nightmare. Well, are, you, <laughs> are we feeling nice and warmed up now? I feel like we're ready to sort of, like, plough through. Uh, yeah, like, sounds... You know, one of the one of those classic sort of like career walkthrough interview things. I reckon we've done really well. I reckon we've done really well so far. Yeah, I've never <laughs> done a podcast before, so. Born in Dublin, Ireland. Um, yeah. Well, at least according to Wikipedia, I've been proven wrong before. So by all means, when there's a moment to point it out and call me a moron, do it, do it, because they love it in the comment section. They absolutely love it. Um, so born in Dublin, Ireland, uh, but you did yeah. your footballing apprenticeship with Hull City. Um, so, you know, we'll start We'll start in Dublin, Ireland. How does a young man um, playing football and having an interest in nothing else in Dublin, Ireland. How, how did you first get recognised? You know, like what was the first? Was it Sunday League? Was it school? Like where did it start for you? Um, it was Sunday League. Really, we were at 
I was at a team called Cherry Orchard where they brought over a good few players, to be honest. Um, I was at Cherry Orchard and I think I was, I think five of the lads had been scouted already and they'd been across. One signed for, one was Liverpool, two was Norwich, one was Birmingham. And forgetting one here, but <laughs> I think one went to America in the one went to America on a scholarship in the end. Oh. Um so it was the last one really that got scouted into word because this the whole scout came over to look at one of the other players. And I had done quite well in the game. And after asked me to come over for a trial, they'd never brought a a lad from Ireland over. Um so I remember going over, I was fifteen. Went over for a trial and I was rubbish. I had a bad, I remember playing a game on the Sunday for me logged for Cherry Orchards. Um and then flying after. Going over and my legs were in bits going over from this game. And I was rubbish. And I remember playing a game on the could have been the Tuesday. And I was I was knowing you just know you've I knew it was shit basically. And I thought <laughs> I ain't going just the going. nerves. Were you just bricking it? I don't know, to be honest with you. I really don't know. It was okay. obviously different because a little Dublin lad just going over to think. So it was, yeah. it was different. Like, it was a bit scary, but no, and I don't know. Premier just... League at the time as well, weren't there? No, they were Championship at the time. Championship, right, okay. Yeah. They were oh, yeah, 15. Struggling. You were 15 when you were 15. When you signed your pro deal, I think, we were in the. Sorry, I went to think. Um, yeah, they were in the Championship at the time. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I went over and I was basically oh shit. But <laughs> came back and I said, I won't be going back there anyway. I was I wasn't very good. And then I got a phone call a week or two later asking if I'd go back over again and play a game. Um so I was like, Yeah. Definitely really second chance that I didn't think I'd get. So I went back over and I think I scored two and and they literally asked me to sign there and then. Um so I came home, I still had to wait. I think I still had to wait about seven or eight months, maybe, had to finish a year in school. Um, but then in that six or seven months, I think I got asked to go and four or five other clubs asked me to go over and, and on trial. But I'd given, I'd never been away on trial before and Hull was the first one. I loved it. So I didn't go anywhere else. I stuck I stuck with Hull. Um, <laughs> finished school. I couldn't finish quick enough, to be honest. And um, yeah, I moved off when I was 15. I mean, like, why, 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 why were you so like enamoured with Hull? Why was Hull? Was there a certain coach? Was there somebody that sort of like you know came up to you and gave you a pair of boots? Was there something about it? Um, I don't know. There was the two coaches were called Billy and Neil. They were both Scottish, and I think it was I don't know to be honest with you. They just showed they gave me that first chance basically, and and I enjoyed it when I went over. The lads were brilliant, and yeah, that was basically it. I don't. There wasn't a specific thing really that made me think. I just really enjoyed the club and and really enjoyed the coaches and the way they treated me. I mean, when you got over there when you were fifteen, like you've just said, um, like what was the conversation like leading up to your first pro deal? Who was the manager in charge at that time? Um, is it a conversation that you have with the manager, um, or is it something that kind of just goes between the coaches and you just get offered it? Like how how did that go down for you? Um, basically, I moved when I was fifteen. I signed a two-year scholar. Scholarship mm. it was at the time. Um, so I turned 16 basically a month after I moved over. So I'd done my first year as a YT. I did okay. Nothing major. I was what only... what, so I like to I like to like monitor. What position were you playing at that age? I was playing on the wing. So I was right on the left wing. wing. Yeah. Right, it's okay. Okay. Sorry, carry on. Um, yeah, so I did okay in the first year. Nothing, nothing spectacular, but I did okay. I was only... I'd never, I'll tell you a little one. I moved over when I was obviously 10, turned 16, but I'd never, ever been in a gym. I don't think, if you look at me now, I don't think people think I've been in a gym anyway. <laughs> but I'd never, ever been into a gym. So we went in with the the fitness coach and um, he asked me what did I lift on a bench press? I was like, I don't know what a bench press is, to be honest. Not, honestly, <laughs> I didn't have a clue. So I've obviously laid down. He's just gone, we'll just, we'll start with the bar and go from there. Lifted the bar. I nearly killed myself. It just fell on me. Couldn't even lift the bar. Oh, right. I think I was 48 kilos. 
at the time. <laughs> and I honestly couldn't lift the bar. And I remember all the lads pissing themselves off. And, um, so basically, it was just, I was always skinny. And I, no matter what I did, I couldn't put weight on. I had, hadn't got the best diet, anything like that. And I never just couldn't put weight on. So yeah. the first year was basically probably adjusting a little bit because of the back in Ireland that was probably trained once a week or twice a week and, and played a game on a weekend and going into full time, it was completely different and it was hard to adjust really. So the first year, and luckily the coaches gave me loads of chance, not loads of chances, but they knew it was a big change for myself and, and they took the time with me. So it was good. And then, Literally went into my second year. Um, didn't start off great because I lost my granddad at the time. He was proper, really, really close to like proper close. So that knocked me back a little bit. But basically after that, I just kicked on and done really, really well. Started started scoring in, in most games, was playing reserve games at 16, 17. Back then, you used to play youth team games then we didn't have a reserve team so basically it'd be some of the lads from the first team and some of the lads from the youth team so mm. basically just got thrown in there at the age of 16 17 so that was really good because you're playing against men and because and I was only a skinny lad it was good that people could see me against men and not just look at me and say oh he wouldn't be able to do it against against men or anything like that you've no choice basically so you just threw in so I did did quite well in my second year. I remember I scored, I think we won seven. I think I scored five. Then we, I think I scored about four or five at-tricks at the time, just playing on the wing. But the managers were brilliant because they basically said, don't come back over the halfway line. Stay on the halfway <laughs> line. So basically, I just done what they said, really. And, and I had a really good second year. And I think it was about six months maybe into my second year. Then the, I started training with the first team quite a lot. Um and then basically just training with the first team and I'm playing probably with the U team on a Saturday if I wasn't involved in the first team squad or whichever. So that was it really. And then the manager was really good. I think it was I'm trying to think who it was at the time. I think it could have been Phil Brown at that time. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, and basically just it was Phil Brown, yeah, in the championship. Yeah. The year they got promoted and yeah, loved it. Basically loved it. Used to get the piss taken out of me by all the lads, the first team lads, which <laughs> which I loved, which I absolutely loved. And were you um were you were you cleaning boots? Do you remember whose boots you were cleaning? Yeah. No, I had to do the balls. So I had to pump right. balls up. Oh, so I had right, to pump okay. the balls up. <laughs> was that to get some... your arms bulked up a bit more? Like, was I, 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 probably, yeah. Probably. <laughs> but um no, we all had jobs in the U team. One was pumping balls, one was making sure to clean we had to make sure the balls are clean. Yeah, cones, all stuff like that. It's gone out of the game now. You can't do anything like that anymore. Um, <laughs> yeah, I remember times when the balls weren't to the manager's liking, and he boot them all over the training ground. And had to go and chase them, and things like that make you. They make you grow up, though. They proper make you grow up, and it's gone out of the game today. And it's 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 sad, really, because I remember back on them days, and they were the best days where you get to know the first team by by doing shitty jobs like that. So it was good. I mean, then, you know, Hull went into the Premier League, they got promoted. And so your chances, because there was an influx of talents, obviously a lot of recruitment uh, got like, you went down the pecking order a little bit, being a young talent who hadn't you know, made a debut yet. So you got your opportunity to go out for the first time um, on loan. And you went out to Darlington, which isn't a million miles away from here. And um, from the reports that I managed to gather, you know, you did really well. Um, what, yeah. was it, what was it that made you go to Darlington in the first place? Well, in... And was it? So we went I'm trying to think. I think it was oh God, I'm trying to think. Sort of when when I went to Darlington, were they still in the Prem? Or did they did they get promoted to the Premier League when they it was, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, they were they were in the Premier League when you were at Darlington in League Two, basically. Yeah, so in that year. Mm-hmm. So that first year when they got promoted to the Premier League, I think mm-hmm. I stuck around for that year. All right. I think I think I stuck around a little bit for that year because what happened was I got really homesick. I got I got homesick at this stage. 
And I remember, I think we played Manu and the Rezies, and I got taken off, and I literally walked straight down the dressing room, straight to the dressing room. Um, and the assistant manager, Brian Horton at the time, came in the dressing room. I think he came in to proper have a go at me for literally walking down the tunnel. Mm. So he came in, and when he walked in, I was, I was in tears, basically just told him that I'm proper struggling, missing home. And I just found it tough at that stage. So I remember the manager came in. Um, obviously, Brian went out and told him what what had sort of happened. And I remember telling him telling me to come into his office the next morning. So I literally went in his office, um, sat down and just told him I was probably struggling a little bit by missing home and, and just stuff like that. And he was, honestly, he was brilliant. He sent me home the next day. He told me to go back to Dublin. He told me, Go back home, it'll be full pay. Have four weeks at home. Just once a week, give me a ring. Tell me how you are, how you are and stuff like that. He said, But I'll be over to you in the next in the next week. So four days later, the manager, Phil Brown, the chief skill and the youth managers flew over to Dublin and came to my house. Um we went, we just sat down with mum and dad. And all down and we had a meeting and he just basically had a plan for me to get into the first team and, and what he taught of me basically and, and how well I'd done. So literally just said, enjoy your time at home. Just keep in touch with us. So two weeks went past and I rang him and said, I want to come back. I missed it. Mm-hmm. Um, so he went, got me a flight the next day and I flew back over. So basically I was... Training with the first team um, and just enjoying it. Started enjoying it again. And I think it was, you miss home because your friends start to get to the age where they're out all the time and you're hearing stories of them going to parties and you're missing things right. and just stuff like that, basically. Um, but yeah, I went back over and I, I fully enjoyed it. And then we had pre-season. We had in, we went to the Asia Cup in China. Oh, wow. So when we were in China, when we were in China, we played, we played Spurs, West Ham, and Shanghai. All right, who did you and room with? There was four or five of us in a room. All right, there was these big rooms. We sent the same hotel as West Ham, so it was a bit weird. Um, <laughs> so we basically we played. I think we played West Ham, and I didn't come on. And then I played against Shanghai. It was we literally my day not my debut, but it was the first time I'd started a game really. And the game went to penalties, so it was on Sky. And I scored the penalty and I was buzzing and took the first pen and stuff. So I was buzzing. Then we played sports, got Robbie Keane's jersey. Everything was brilliant. I was loving it. Yeah. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order mug delivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. And then we... Remember, we went out for some food and a few drinks and I'd literally said to the club secretary because the manager said when we land in London we're having four or five days off so I said to the club secretary book me a flight back to Dublin because I was going to have a few days Mm. back in Dublin I'll never forget it we landed in London and Phil Brown literally said have a few days off but the young lads are in tomorrow so I looked and I was a bit hmm Okay. I was a bit pissed off. So me being me at that age, I jumped on the plane, went to Dublin. 
Oh, and I, rang I love them. it. <laughs> I rang them the next day and just said, I'm not coming back. I didn't, I'm not enjoying it again. I don't know why I done it. Mm. And just said I wasn't enjoying it again. So basically, he didn't take that well. After what he did the year before, I let him down, really. Mm-hmm. So he stopped me pay. So I remember I was getting fined weekly, just my weekly wage every week I wasn't there. So we got to about four or five weeks, maybe. And Dean Windass gave me a ring because Dino was at Darlington at the time. Right. And he literally just said, I've spoke to Phil Brown. Um, we want you to come to Darlow. I think they started the season poorly or something like that anyway. They didn't start well. So Dino was like, come and enjoy yourself. Obviously, I know what's happened. You've gone back to Dublin or whatever. And I was like, all right. So I literally flew back over and I stayed. I went to Darlow. That's how I went to Darlow, just from from that, really. So I went was, back over. Was it Steve Stoughton in charge at the time? No, it was Colin Todd. Colin Todd was the manager and Dean Wendass was the assistant. All right, okay. So Dino brought me over. I remember going up and I stayed with two of the lads at Hull. Because Dino was at Hull at the time, two of the lads got released out of the youth team, James Bennett and Matty Plummer. So I went and stayed in the apartment with them up in Chesterley Street, up in Darlington. <laughs> loved it. Absolutely loved it. Remember the first game? It was in the big stadium in Darlington. Where about 2,000 people there. There was hardly anyone. It looked like it was empty because the stadium <laughs> yeah, was yeah, a brand I new 20,000 seater. <laughs> so literally... Just got a taste of first team football there. Absolutely loved it. Honestly, loved it. Um, I remember we played Grimsby away and we drew one all. And Colin Todd came in and said he's lost his job, which was sad because um, he was brilliant, Colin and Dino. So mm. literally, them two left and Steve Staunton came in. For the next game, but I'd done, I'd done really, really well with Colin and and Dino. So Steve Staunton came in, basically signed about four or five players in the first few days that he come and on the Saturday. No, so we played Leeds on the Tuesday night in the League Cup, and we got battered. We got, I think we had a caretaker manager. We got battered three four nil, and obviously. Being Leeds, we hardly got a touch of the ball, so I didn't do great. Steve came in obviously on the Thursday, and I didn't didn't play on the Saturday. Mm. So I was like, "What's what's going on here?" Because obviously I'd done I'd done really really well. Um, so I remember Kevin Coban was at Hull at the time, and obviously Kevin knows Steve Staunton, so he rang him and was like, "I think he just put a good word in for me, really." And we played. Funny enough, we played. Shrewsbury, Paul Simpson, <laughs> when he was at Shrewsbury. We played them on the Saturday and I scored my first ever football league goal against them. Yeah. And I remember Dean Holden done a big thing in the paper saying that I'll probably I'll rip them <laughs> a new one in the game. Um and we drew two two. No, we won we either drew two two or we won two one and I scored my first league goal. And it was my last game for Darlington. My loan was up. Yeah, I remember Steve, Steve Staunton was ringing me on the Sunday asking me to re-sign and stuff but then Paul Simpson rang and I ended, <laughs> I ended up going to Shrewsbury on the Monday and he, yeah. he used to he used to call me Blue Boots because that was the colour boots I had against him in that first game right. so I ended up going to Shrewsbury <laughs> ended up going to Shrewsbury straight after that yeah but like so, Simpson, but Simpson wasn't at Shrewsbury for your full stay, or wasn't he at Shrewsbury for your full stay? Because you didn't have the best of times at Shrewsbury. You fell out of favour, and you ended up going back to Hull, and you had a third loan spell that season. So, like, what happened? What happened at Shrewsbury? So I went to Shrewsbury. Um, started off well. Mm. Paul, Paul was there at the time. Started mm. off well. Um, was living in a hotel down there. Um, I think I've done about maybe three months. There was me and another lad. We'd moved down at the same time. We were in the hotel together. We probably at that time I wasn't I wasn't a good professional to be honest. I wasn't doing things properly or anything like that. I was probably too much FIFA. <laughs> not even FIFA. It was just I think because I was playing first team football and I was doing quite well. I was getting ahead of myself basically. Mm. 
And I remember I done all right for Shrewsbury at the start, and then as you say, started coming out of favour a little bit. And me at that time thinking, why am I not playing or whatever? Started acting up really, and and Simo at the time didn't have it. So I remember it was it was Christmas time, and he gave us he gave us Christmas day off, but he named the team on Christmas Eve, and I wasn't in it. And he gave us a run to do and some heart rate monitors. And uh, me being me at that time was like, I ain't doing that. No chance. I just, stupid me looking back now was complete wrong decision. And we just had a big, <laughs> a big falling out, which was one of my big regrets in um, football falling out with Simo at the time. So basically after that, we just had a big argument in the dressing room. And then that was it. I was back in. Back in Hull, as you say. Obviously, we know things that will end on a happy ending eventually. We'll get the full we'll get the full story of the Simo story. We're not gonna leave things exactly there. But things <laughs> do take an interesting turn though. Uh, you do end up going to Grimsby. Um and in uh, the build up to a game against Shrewsbury, you I, I've seen it. I mean you can deny it, it might be wrong, it might be wrong, but apparently you criticized um the play of Shrewsbury as being um a bit lifeless and boring, um like a bit of like lacking creation. Um, was that your first sort of experience, maybe um, like having a bit of backlash and speaking in the press and getting a bit of backlash from that? Was there any repercussions from that? Or obviously deny it if it never happened? No, I remember having a go, not having a probably had a go at them at the time because yeah. of... I mean, me how being... old were you at the time as well? You were 19, weren't you? Eight, 18, 18, 19. 18, 19, exactly, yeah. yeah. So I think I just basically discovered going out, to be honest with you, I started drinking mm. and stuff like that, so... I got ahead of myself and thinking, because I was doing all right, I was thinking, I don't know what I was thinking, to be honest. Just thought it was easy, maybe. I don't know. I just, I'll honestly, it's stuff I look back on now and and really regret it. And with the young lads now, I try to speak to them about stuff and I see them sort of doing what I used to do or anything like that. And it annoys me now if I see it, which is probably the wrong thing, but I'm only trying to, because I know what I did and the mistakes I made, I'm only trying to, Trying to help, but basically, I think, I think I could have just said you're a long baller. Basically, something probably something like that. <laughs> You've had some gas training off you, yeah. <laughs> Since I, I, well, <laughs> as you say, the, the the backlash, but I don't even think I got any backlash because there was no social no. media at the time. All right, okay. Just because I so, found a you know like, a report on it, I thought there might have been something that came up, but did no one ever speak to you about it? No, no. Basically, well, that that's. Probably why I try to speak to the young lads now because when I was eighteen, nineteen, and doing what I was doing, no one ever, no one ever pulled me and sort of said, "What are you doing?" Like, don't get me wrong, one or two people ended up doing it, but I was probably too far gone at that stage. But basically, yeah, I just I remember being in the tunnel and and I think it was Paul Murray that said it to and the captain Graham Coughlin at the time. I think I remember saying, "Oh, I know all your team and." And what your tactics are doing. One of the lads has told me everything. And we ended up beat, beating them 2-1. And I remember Muzz choking me on the dress in the tunnel on the way in after <laughs> literally saying who, who said it or who leaked the information. But basically no one did. It was me just trying to trying to get in the heads a little bit and just oh, trying to annoy them at the time and, and stuff like that. But it's not... I regret all that now, obviously. But at the <laughs> I mean, time... Yeah, go on. No, at the time it's just one of them. You think you're you're invincible, really, and just daft, really daft. Yeah, I mean, like you know, you're you're on really good form as well with Grimsby at the time. You scored something like five goals in seven games. Um, it started off though as an emergency loan. Do you remember the circumstances around the emergency loan? Was it legit? Because they're not always legit. They're, they're you know, sometimes like, oh, he's got a boo boo. Uh, can we have someone better? Like what? Were, no, bas- basically. I remember going into training on a Tuesday morning for Hull and the manager pulling me in and saying, Grimsby wants you. Um, he basically just said, Grimsby wants you. They were struggling at the time. And he went, they've got a game tonight. So if you want to go, you need we need to do it now. Like I was like, yeah, I want to go. So I literally went and met the bus straight away. Um, got all my stuff on the bus, my tracksuit, all that sort of stuff. We played Notts County that night and I remember scoring against Casper Schmeichel in goal. 
And literally, yeah. that was the start of. I absolutely, honestly, I loved it. I loved it. Even we got, don't get me wrong, we got relegated in the end, but we put up a hell of a fight because we were well, we were properly in trouble when I first went. And we, we finished really strong. We, we ended up going down to the last game against Port and Albion away, and it just was one game too far. Yeah, it was you. It was you and Darlington that went down, um, and like to complete the unlucky hat trick. Unfortunately, so oh. did Hull City yeah. as well. Um, and they, you probably heard that a few times. Unfortunately, then. <laughs> yeah, the only, I mean, like, the only you... person to get relegated three times in one season. <laughs> Potentially, yeah, potentially. But how did that did that ever affect you? Was it Waterford Ducks back at that age, or like did did it affect you that you got relegated that early in your career? Do you think that it has an impact on you? I'll or be being honest, a loan player, do you get a get out of jail free card? Kind of. I had such a good sort of relationship with the Grimsby fans at that time because I'd done quite well, and I remember being in the dressing room after the game, and it was it was tough because, but. And then the manager came up because the Grimsby fans came onto the pitch and they weren't happy at the time. And I remember the manager coming in and asking me and someone else to go out and just trying to calm them down. And we went out and just spoke to them and just apologised for for what's happened and stuff like that. But I'll be honest, I probably didn't let it affect me because I was 18, 19 at the time. Um, and I didn't realise at that time that that's people's lives, basically. Mm-hmm. That was probably... At Grimsby, I absolutely loved it, but it's probably the time when I really started drinking quite a lot at that time because there was quite a group at Grimsby that would go out drinking. So I probably got caught at the wrong time, to be honest, and I started drinking quite a lot after that. Yeah, but like you know, like you said, you did have a really good season. So like it, at that age, I've spoken to a couple of of, of footballers, and they um, they've said that it can kind of lure them into a false sense of security. That like you know, well, if I can play this good and still do this, then what happens if I keep tipping the scale kind of thing? And it is you know, it's a sharp, it's a sharp slope. It really is. Um, from, yeah. from the people that I've spoken to in the past, but you know. It gave you a lot of opportunity the following season. You know, that trifecta of relegations really led you into your first proper opportunity to go and play for well, your parent club, Hull, at the highest level that you, you were going to be able to test yourself at. I think you made something about 16 appearances um, at the championship level during that season. Um, you're around players like Kevin Kilban, uh, Nick Barnby, uh, players that Carlisle fans will know, like uh, Corey Evans and um, James Chester as well. Um, like, what was the dressing room? like what do you remember um because obviously was the aim to bounce back or was the aim to sort of like stabilize that season uh you know what, what was the thoughts going into that season I think it was basically at that time probably just to stabilize a little bit after getting relegated it's it's tough really after you get relegated so I remember Nigel Pearson came in that summer mm-hmm. and I remember going back and I'd had a I'd had a good summer really with my friends and stuff like that and I remember going back and I can't really remember loads of that summer. I think I was only, wasn't could have been 19 at that time. And I just remember going back and probably having no fear, basically. And and just, I remember doing pre-season and, and playing some games and felt all right, really. But I thought I was going out quite a lot. So I don't even think I was thinking of the football side of it. I was just, I was just cracking on and just probably enjoying it too much and not realising the opportunity that I had. I mean, did that coincide with your um, like Irish under nineteen, under twenty one call ups as well? Was that that season as well? Um, I think that was the season when I was on loan. Um, I got the season up, afterwards. I yeah, the eighteens. I remember playing a game for the Ireland under eighteens, and nineteens. Then was I played a few times, but that was going away with them Ireland teams. Was basically just a stag deal. Yeah, that's what you I was going to say. What's, what's your experience like with the Irish? Yeah. And they, honestly, it's literally a stag deal for a couple of days. It's unbelievable. <laughs> but you look back now and it's, you, you don't regret it, but could have done things completely different. But listen, dude, it's, it's probably made me a better person today the way I am now, Like, but probably didn't realise the opportunity I had when I was that age. 
But yeah, I mean, like, you know, that was a really good season of opportunity for you. And I'm sure that kind of was the thing that maybe put you on the platform to launch you into those Irish under-21s and under-19 caps. Um, But like you said, the next season, it took a while. You know, you did pre-season with Hull City, but eventually you were shipped out on Hull to, uh, on loan, sorry, from Hull to Bradford City. Um, I mean... They've been talked about for a long time, what, 15, 20 years now, Bradford City, the sleeping giants. You can see any reason why any young player would want to try and go to Bradford City and, um, you know, be a hero there. There's a big crowd to play in front of. Was that how they sold it to you? Or, like, did you have your own reasons for wanting to go to Bradford? Um, No, because obviously, basically, that season, it was done quite well in pre-season, gone away with with them in pre-season and stuff. And the the first game of the season, literally... I was in the squad. <laughs> so I remember my dad and his friend was over and I think we'd planned to go out on the Friday night. And on Friday, my name was on the squad list. So I was like, can't go out like, cause I'm in the squad. <laughs> I was like, and they were like, oh, you'll probably like play or something. I was like, I ain't going to play. I'm going to be just in the squad. Like I won't be on the bench or anything like that. And then I remember going to the dressing room and seeing me short up and, and the subs were up and I was I was on the bench. So I literally ran into the players' lounge. So like, I'm on I'm on the bench, like and they're like, Oh, you you'll you'll probably get on. I was like, I won't get on. Trust me, I won't get on. And I remember about the sixtieth minute he turned around and just said, Let's go. Playing against Swansea and we won one nil. And then literally kicked on after that a little bit, played some games. I remember I remember my first start was against Portsmouth, but I literally I'd been out Monday, I'd been out Tuesday, and I'd been out Thursday. I'd been out Thursday night, and I don't know what time I got in, but I went into training on the Friday, and I remember Nigel pulled me over, and he went, "Are you ready?" Big, big Nigel as he would, he was like, yeah. "I'm sure Carlo fans know because they've the had intimidator. him." Intimidator, yeah. He literally just said. Oh, are you ready? And I was like, Oh what? Like, what? And he went, Oh, you starting tomorrow? I was like, Oh yeah, yeah, ready. <laughs> so I, I remember playing and I'd done really well. It was against Pompey, I think played 70 minutes, and I think I got one in the match in the game. So basically the week after we were playing on Sky against Barnsley, and I was like, I'm not going out. I didn't go out the full week. We played a half five on Sky against Barnsley, half time, bang, off. I was shit. I was shit. Oh, then I was like, I was like, happened? well, I ain't, I, ain't, I ain't staying in again. So basically, just started going out again. And and I think it got to, I can't remember when I went to, to Bradford, but I remember knocking because it did fall out where I wasn't making squads again. Then, then I was, because I was out, I was getting back to the manager and stuff like that. And I basically just said, I want, I want to go along and play games again. Because I've got the taste for the year before, I was like, mm. I don't want to not play games. Sorry, I don't know what happened. Basically, I just wanted to play games. So I remember going up to, to Bradford. Phil Parkinson was there at the time. And he was, when I was a second year YT, Phil Parkinson was the manager of Hull at the time. So I knew him from that. So I went up, played the first two or three games and absolutely loved it. Love working with him. We got on so well. I started really well. And then it went downhill. Oh, <laughs> Basically, uh, an assist, assistant manager came in and he was at Hull um, before and we literally, we just didn't get on. And when he came in, I'd, I remember starting the first game maybe, came in, sort of came off. The first time I came off and then I didn't start again. And then I was late. I was... Being me at that age, just stupid again. Um, and just sort of went back to Hull, rang the chairman up and just said, <laughs> rang the chairman up and just basically said, I want to I want to come back. I remember going back into Hull, the chairman pulled me um, and basically just said, I'm on my final chance. Mm. Um, what happened? He said, Bradford have made three offers to buy it. When you were first, after your first two games, he said, we rejected them all, six figures. He said, we think that highly of you. We don't want you to go. He said, 
But how can it go from that to four or five games later that basically you sent back or you want to come back? I was like, yeah. well, I said the assistant came in and basically we didn't. He was like, well, he said basically he understood that he didn't he didn't really like me when he was at Hull. The chairman half knew that. But basically the chairman just said, listen, you need to you need to sort it out. You can't keep you've been sent back from probably two clubs now with Shrewsbury and Bradford, so things need to change. So that was the end of Bradford. Yeah, but like you know, you went on loan a few more times, and it also wasn't like the end of Bradford either. Technically, there was another spell uh, with Bradford as well. But obviously, we'll get to that down the line. There was loan spells with Accrington Stanley, um, and and a blip with Rotherham. Um, like I mean, how many how many games did you play for Rotherham? I uh, played on the Saturday in the FA Cup, and then played on the Tuesday. But I done me hamstring on the Tuesday night. Right, okay, yeah, that was that Literally, was why that one the last kick of the game in the second in the first half, last action of the first half, I remember. But just before I went to Aki, I was signing for Hibs on loan, but I wasn't allowed at the time, you weren't allowed to cross the border if you play for two clubs. So I played for Hull and Bradford, so I wasn't allowed to go up to Scotland, which was which was a nightmare, really, because I would have loved them to go up and play for obviously. The chance to go up and play in Scottish Prem would have been would have been unbelievable. Now you got um to have your first re-return, uh, and you went to Grimsby Town after after recovering from that injury. Um, but it was at the lowest level you've played for. Uh, did did you feel like you know um you you just wanted to play football, or did you feel like it was a step down? Were you roped into it? Was a friendship involved? Like, what was your attitude going into Grimsby that time round? I remember finishing at Rodrum. And at the time, I'd never done my hamstring before. And it was, I think it was quite a bad one at the time. I think I missed about two or three months. But the Rotherham, Steve Evans was at Rotherham at the time. And he was he was a shouter and like the way he is, basically. But at that time, I just didn't fancy going back to Rotherham with him. And it's the worst decision I made. I ended up probably, I met Paul Horst at Grimsby and Andy, I think it was Andy Scott. They were joint managers at the time. And they'd got to Wembley and stuff like that. And it was like, obviously, at that time, I knew I was leaving Hull at the end of the season because I spoke to Steve Bruce because he was there at that time. And I knew I was leaving. And Grimsby half half said that, listen, come in and, and we'll sign you on a two-year deal or whatever after, after the thing, if we go up and stuff like that. But I remember going in and I got on well with Paul Horst, but his assistant at the time, Andy Scott, I just didn't, just didn't, get on with him at all. Mm. And I think I went in, I scored a few goals and done all right at the start. And then I remember we played Halifax away, but Wembley was at the weekend coming up and we played Halifax. And I played four or five games in a row, played in the Halifax game and we got beat, I think, 2-0, something like that. And we didn't play well at all. And Wembley came and I got dropped. And a lot of, my head was gone. I was... <laughs> I was, and at that time, I was thinking, I've dropped down the level here. I'm too good for this level. I'm, I shouldn't be here. I'm this, I'm that. Just me being at that age, thinking stupid thoughts. And I remember sat on the bench, and the, it went to penalties. I still didn't get on. And I was the penalty taker at the time for Grimsby. And I remember the physio saying that Andy Scott at the time, don't forget Dev is the penalty taker, basically. Um. And I still didn't get on. So, as you can imagine, I was my head was gone after that. I remember getting my medal and just chuck, I think I just I think I chucked it in the bin. To be honest with you, at Wembley because I don't. I'm sure I chucked it in the bin anyway. You don't have it now. Um, no, no, I don't have it. I, um, How do you feel about no. that now? I regret not enjoying the day, mm. basically, and not helping my teammates maybe as much as I, I knew I should have. But at that time, I was selfish. I just taught myself, basically. And and yeah, that was that. Yeah, I mean, like... at the time. 
yeah, yeah, yeah. And things are going to get better. You know, we will get there. Uh, we'll get we there. Will the, get whole there. Paul, the whole Paul Simpson story is going to do a full circle. This this whole sort of like, you know, going out on the last story is going to do a full circle. We're going to get to, back to some good times. But, um, you know, I've got one more question for you before we sort of like wrap things up. And then I've got a good note to end it on as well. So I always like yeah, to end things bit, on a good it's note. It's been a bit shitty, really. I think at the start. It's been so heavy. Sorry. It's, been, it's <laughs> been a bit heavy. It's been a bit heavy. But like, you know, when you reflect, sometimes it is a bit heavy. And, you know, good. we all know good times are coming. We all know good oh, times. They get, they get a lot better, yeah. To get a lot better. Yeah, exactly. And I've got you back. I've got a good note to end the podcast <laughs> on for you as well. Uh, but before we do, I think like a good place to end this on. I mean, like it's amazing, mate. You know, we have, we we've we've only just about reached the end of your time at Hull City. You know what I mean? Like and, oh, and yeah. you're, you're, st- you're still playing you're still playing now. It's it's seven seven clubs uh in five seasons with Hull City. And uh, at the moment, the man in charge of Hull City uh was Steve Bruce, is that right? Yeah. And was, was it, it yeah. big? Was it was it big man Steve Bruce that uh, was sort of like pulled you in the office and uh, sort of you know let let you go? Were you expecting it? Uh, how was that conversation like? So basically, when I went to Rotherham and done my hamstring, I went back and then I remember going to Rotherham, um, stay as high as you can, all this and maybe me at that time didn't take anyone's advice and went to Grimsby. But at the end of the season, well, they were going to pay me up. Basically, they were going to pay me up. Um, I think there was that could have been in the March time around then, and there wasn't long left, and they were going to pay me up. But I was like, I don't want to be paid up. I want to, I want to just go on loan and and see what happens. So basically, it was that. But he was, he was brilliant because he was honest, and just said there won't be anything here at the end of the season for you. Um, so yeah, that was the end of the time I hold City really. But I look <laughs> back on it and I made, I made some amazing friends from there that I still speak to today. Obviously, I look back on a wit regret that I wasn't as professional as I should have been. But listen, I've learned from them things, and and that's probably why I'm still in the game now. By by looking back and not making them mistakes again. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I feel like that's that, you know that's a really good place to leave it on because you know at that at this point of the story, mate. Uh, so far, you know you you're a free agent for the first time in your career. You're about 23, 24 years of age. The world's your oyster. Well, the world's your oyster. Mason has literally just come into the, into the world, so that's when I'll get everything changed. So yeah. it'll be a good good way to start next time. Be yeah, perfect, exactly. clearly. But but also also you know I mean I don't want people to think this has been a downer one. You know at the end of the day, Jamie, you are still looking for a club. You are still you know a professional footballer. You can't tell all you're going out on the last stories until you've you know I mean we'll have to save that one. For a, we'll bit, a, lot further, well, a lot further down the line, exactly. We have to, we have to, we have to do like a redemption story here. We're trying to sell you to the masses. That's what we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> nah, we literally we're just getting into the part where I basically grew up and become a better professional. So it'll be a, it's, it's literally probably the kickstart of my career from from there on in. Yeah, really? I mean, it'll be a great. It'll be a great place to take off for next time, mate. But I always like to leave things on a positive note, and yeah. uh, the way we do things when we've got a guest in the studio, especially as a professional footballer, you are lucky enough to be involved in such popular gaming titles as FIFA and Football Manager. So, my question to you, sir, is: Have you ever played with yourself? Yeah. <laughs> used to buy myself for all the big teams and just try and make myself ah. <laughs> is that just FIFA or is that football manager as well both that's both yeah. I think on both. anyone that says they haven't is lying <laughs> everyone's admitted everyone's admitted everyone's come clean but they've only they've got their own you know I mean they're either into football manager or they're into FIFA not everyone's like a bit of both I feel like it's a transition in age though I thought that's the way I've experienced football FIFA to football manager that's how I've kind of done it I think I was a bit the other way I think I was yeah. football manager I think I was football manager when I was about 14 15 yeah yeah I think it was when I was living in Diggs when I moved to Hull, it was more football manager at the time. I think it only just probably started getting bigger on the PC and stuff. So yeah, I think. You remember it, your first? Was, you remember which one was your first game that you like? You know, you played with yourself. Oh, with, with me. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Couldn't tell you. Like FIFA ten, maybe nine or nine. Oh, I don't know because it would have been Might be. whole. Obviously, when I was a first year pro, wouldn't it? Yeah, when you're at, when you're at Shrewsbury, you would have been on it, like yeah, 
Darlington and that. That would have been on it 2009. So, yeah, maybe 09. Jesus, that makes me feel old. Oh, man, that was a classic one. I'm sure that I bet there's some bangers on that. I bet there's absolutely some bangers on that, mate. And, uh, mate, this has been an absolute banging time. I've had loads of fun. Uh, I really have. I really appreciate you uh, giving me your time. Uh, and we haven't really got anything else left to do uh, for the listeners, really, uh, apart from saying bye for now. <laughs> no sound. Thanks very much, Liam. <laughs> Cheers. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24 7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.